and um, and then figure out what we can do from there because it, it doesn't always have to result in firing, but it should, like you said, what you do regardless sends a message one way or the other. That's clear, unambiguous. Unambiguous. So our concept for this is pros versus Joes, right? What is this, amateur hour? Unambiguous. Hey, are you guys waiting? This is, you see what this says? Surf Arrakis. Yeah, you, know the re you get the reference? No. That's 37 minutes. Engage. Engage. It's a worm. So oh, okay. That's a, that's a guy riding a worm. Dune. Oh. The, the new Dune, it's going to be epic. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be phenomenal. I mean, I, I can't wait. That's one of those, like, whenever it's coming out, I'm, I'm skipping work. I'm doing whatever. I'm the first guy in line. I'm going to see that movie. On location podcast. Pro vs. Joe. Oh, that's it. I've had it with this dump. But I'm too slick. And I pick up the game. Staring. We can't do this. It, it's, it's over. Well, what it, they've recently remade Mad Max, right? They did pretty good. What? That wasn't a remake. That was that was a reimagining with, with Charisse <laughs> Theron or whatever. Yeah, and uh, Tom Hardy. You're saying it's not canon? <laughs> it's not in sync with canon? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a cool story, too. We got no food. We got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off. What are we calling this? Pros versus, or not pro, pro versus. I don't know who you are. Joe, pro and Joe. Pros versus Joe. I don't know what you want. <laughs> Well, what, and then um, uh, what was the one? The Harrison Ford, Blade Runner, right? Um, mm, that was actually good. I bought that one. Yeah, right. It had Gosling in it, right? Yeah. Yeah, and Harrison Ford came back yeah. yep. and reprised his role. Yep. That was a mind bender. That was cool, though. Rose versus Joe. Rose versus Joe. I regardless to get my another long day, never say it'll try. Ain't about paying my face, don't lie. Shut up, you're so annoying. All right, we're back for another segment of the Diojo podcast. Today is a pro versus Joe. Pro versus Joe, which is the podcast within the podcast. My co host, Brian Close of All American Restoration Services out of Tacoma, Washington, joins me as we follow up a conversation that started, I believe, in the Restoration Rebels group. We had posted a question. Brian had an incident where they put a lot of work. Tell me if this uh, hits close to home with some of y'all. Wrote an estimate for a client. Um, thought they had you know, an understanding with the client that they were going to be the contractor working for them, representing them. So they put a lot of time into working on this estimate, working with the insurance company and making sure the scopes were in alignment. And then can you guess what happened? Yeah, they took their estimate, which was the best of the bunch, and then decided to hire somebody else or do it themselves or hire their brother or something else, right? Never happens. It's never happened to you, right? Never ever. So. We had posed the question, Brian had posed the question in Restoration Rebels and I believe in NORP as well on Facebook about, you know, hey, what are some of your approaches to 
charging for estimates and those kinds of things. And so Andy McCabe had made mention that if you charge a percentage that is veering into public adjusting, um, and then he recently posted a video, a very interesting video if you haven't seen it, about being called in by the Oregon Insurance Board um, uh, about uh, whether or not he needed an adjuster's license to do what many of us do on the daily. So pretty interesting. Um, so Andy McCabe, I think in most restoration circles, insurance claims, property insurance, probably a man that doesn't need introduction to most but um he is the <clears throat> if you want to find out more we had a great discussion episode five of the dojo podcast the infotainment podcast for the skilled trades episode five very early on we talked about um innovating out of a pandemic innovating in general and uh went into some detail about matterport Andy's experience with large loss claims, Xactimate estimating in Matterport. So um, he is a large loss claims consultant and Xactimate estimator owner of claims delegates. I've uh, been self-employed almost eight years now. Um, we talk about that in episode five. I call him the godfather of remote estimating. He's one of the ones I first heard about even doing those kinds of things in our industry. So, um, you know, has a lot of experience in the industry, uh, working for various outfits, um, based out of beautiful Bend, Oregon, if you've never been there. Um, and so we talk more, you know, kind of the, the topic byline for this episode of the Diojo podcast, the infotainment podcast for the skilled trades pro versus Joe. With co-host Brian Close. Again, on Pro vs. Joe, we get a little more lax. We like to smoke some cigars and uh, drink something tasty. Um, you know, you saw last episode of Pro vs. Joe, David Princeton hit the water pretty hard. You know, the Wisconsin tap water. So, <laughs> I think Andy McCabe went uh, juice. He was maybe juicing even before that uh, um, real popular cranberry juice viral video went out so we were ahead of the curb but we didn't get any recognition uh like often happens but you know um so we the the, the overarching title was lessons learned the hard way so let's without you know further ado no more ado let's get into this pro versus joe the diojo podcast andy mccabe the godfather of remote estimating owner of claims delegates andrew Gee. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, what, and then um, uh, what was the one? The Harrison Ford, Blade Runner, right? Um, mm, that was actually good. I, I bought that one. Yeah, right. It had Gosling in it, right? Yeah. Yeah, and Harrison Ford came back yeah. yep. and reprised his role. Yep. That was a mind bender. That was cool, though. That was like sequential, right? It was like because um, he was hunting harrison ford or whatnot mm -hmm. uh, yeah yeah no that yeah. dune one i i don't know that i've seen the original one all the way through but uh that the new one looked pretty pretty slick well, i hope it doesn't let you down like bad boys 3 let me down so <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute you had an expectation for that movie dude it's mike lowry i mean come on. mike lowry mike lowry i'm mike lowry <laughs> 
I'm like Lowry. Who who didn't grow up on Bad Boys? That was awesome. <laughs> who didn't want a '94 Porsche Carrera 911? Right. I mean, 911. Yeah. I gotta say, my first introduction to a sexy car was Magnum PI, the Ferrari, but the Ooh. F40, right? So I still. That was an old one. Yeah, but it was it was just all badass, you know. We were at a house at a gated community in Issaquah, and they have an Eleanor in their garage from uh, Gone in sixty seconds. That Shelby Mustang. Oh. oh. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> it was I pretty say, recent cars, though, what John Wick had some impressive. He had the uh, the Shelby and then the Chevelle, right? Um, but all kind of like murdered out and mm-hmm. pretty damn slick with the pins on the hood and everything. And then they just they just tore up that Shelby. Just, I mean, just <laughs> just destroyed it. It was just it was sad, you know. Yeah. After all, why go through all that trouble and then destroy the car that you came back for? I don't get it. Yeah. Well, I don't think it was really his choice, right? They started like no, they kind of they started some shit. Yeah. <laughs> so give me the give me the rundown. I haven't, um, honestly, you know, you might edit this out. I haven't watched any of your stuff. So what is what's the? Uh, yeah, right. Clearly, you don't have a cigar. <laughs> clearly, clearly. So, I got relegated to my garage. Yeah. <laughs> this is um so pro versus pro versus Joe is like a the podcast within the podcast. Okay. So Brian, I'll, I'll let him explain, but his background is in commercial um, property management. Um, they started a construction company, stayed with the commercial property management, you know, um, that they knew. And, uh, you know, it's so funny. We, we had one episode where we talked about, you know, a lot of contractors want to get work from property managers. Property mm. managers think the contractors are make up. Everybody thinks, you know, then adjusters. That's the one I wanted to watch. And I never got a chance to. What was uh, the, what was the, give me the, distill that one down. What was the, the takeaway? <laughs> Property <Yeah>. management sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so is they're, is they're that, at, is, is property management the honeypot that we all on the other no. side think it is? No. Yeah. Well, I think it's so, the way to well, You know what's nice when, when, when my phone rings, it means I'm going to make some money. As a property manager, when your phone rings, you don't make any more money. But you're yeah, always the bad guy and you always have to respond. You're always dealing with the shit. Always going through it. So Brian and his partner, Brandon, have transitioned into insurance work. They're staying non-program. Um, praise God. Life. Uh, <laughs> 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 but, but they're at the phase where they still think insurance work is cool. So is that accurate? It, it's cool compared to the other stuff we've yeah, done, yeah. man. <laughs> the, the amount you of know, profit that's in it compared to like commercial construction is not even funny. Yeah. It's not even comparable. Yeah. You know, so I'll take I'll take seventy percent of something instead of a hundred percent of nothing. Yeah. You know? Yep. It's it's economy proof. I mean, I just look at we were doing it about half and half back in March. And then COVID hit. We were supposed to build three more nine round kickboxing studios. Those <laughs> fell through. All the maintenance stuff we were doing, all that stuff fell through. Gone. And it was just like, okay, let's I mean, here's go. some work. Let's see how we do it. Just evaporated and, though. It, yeah. And it, it's not, I mean, when's it going to come back? Who knows? Whereas the insurance work, I mean, people are almost flooding their houses and catching them on fire more because they're at home all the time. Yeah. You ever heard the concept of hurricane fire? A hurricane no. fire? It's, it's a concept. It's, a, it's an idea. During a hurricane. To- As the hurricane's coming in. Mm. Yes. Well, we had a friend- Just to make sure, just to make sure. 
<laughs> we had a yeah, joking, you know, like uh, we'll leave the gas on, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> no joke. I, I joke with my wife when we got it when we were about to leave our house because we thought we were going to get evacuated with those fires. I'm like, let's leave the gas going because you know what? I'm I'm coming home if my house is catching on fire. I'm coming home to a burned down house, not you, a half you, burned house. Yeah, you want leave no doubt. Yeah, leave just no gone. doubt. Foundation. People used to only. ask me if I what if I come home and the water's coming out the front door. Get back in your car and go back to where you came from. Yes. For a few let, hours. It, let it keep happening. <laughs> because the worst thing in the world is a maybe claim. The worst yeah. thing in the world is, is it damaged this, but didn't really f- take out everything. And then really you just start. Bad. Yeah. 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 That's, that's when you go upstairs it, and turn the water on upstairs. Oh, it, it, it really came from up bad? there. It came from up there. <sighs> yeah. Leave well, no doubt. I don't know if you, so I don't know how familiar. So we're, Tacoma is just south of Seattle, and Brian lives a little further east up this hill, and the hillside caught fire in Bonnie Lake, and um, caught quite a few houses and some businesses on fire. Some of it- uh, About half a mile from my house was where the evacuation was. We had the perfect storm of the power getting knocked out, so there's been some electrical fires, there's been some intentional fires, and then there's been some you know, natural causes, so it's been kind of a trifecta. You know, mm-hmm. that intentional stuff gets me. I don't understand that. And we saw that, I, I was hearing stories about that in Estacada. Uh, I was hearing a story about in Gates. Um, you know, both those communities just got wiped out. And yeah. almost everyone I talked to in both those communities said, oh, you know, so-and-so, we stopped, you know, we stopped these guys. You were shady guys doing over there, and they were starting to fire. I was like, who, who does that? Well, that's out in the boonies, too. It's, yeah, who goes to the boonies to start a fire in the middle of a fire? Yeah. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Bored had, people. They mm. had along 167, <laughs> fairly major, major thoroughfare. People starting fires, and then uh, Bonnie Lake behind Target, they arrested somebody. Right? It was starting to yeah. fire. Yeah. What the hell? And the homeless kept doing it in the woods. Like there was like four fires within a span of like a half hour. They were all started by the homeless. Like. <laughs> Any change, mister? Absolutely! Um, could you spare some? Yes, I could! Uh, will ya? Oh, come that on! That one guy on 167 started it, got arrested, got let he out. He was filming it. Started it again, yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. And then you look on his Facebook and he has all this Antifa, like, all this crazy extremist stuff all over. Like, wow. Thousand dollar bail, too, I think is what I heard. Uh, and yeah. posted it. Oh, jeez. But like you said, like these are these are like Estacada. I've been through there. Um, my wife's um, dad's a retired pastor, and he preached at a church out there. Uh, you posted that picture of that church completely gone. I was like, it wasn't mm. that, but no, that was up in a bit. It was a like a one room church, but it was gone, gone. Like yeah. the crazy thing about that fire, I mean, it you would you could see where it kind of sucked in and took out a building, and then mm. saved this one, and then just suck in and take out this building because you have a house right in the middle of two just vacant lots just mm-hmm. been raised. So it's weird. Picks and shoot. I got a client in Estacada. The fire came right up to his front door. And then gone? Yeah. Didn't do anything? Huh? Well, I smoked his house out pretty bad, but yeah. Wow. Crazy. That's crazy. Well, can I ask, I want to ask you guys a little bit of a controversial question. Um, yes. I posted- Who are you voting for? <laughs> I posted Any competent human. <laughs> I put, Someone yeah. not 75? <laughs> Somebody not over 70, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a couple of good one-liners from that debate, though. So, um, 
So I posted this actually in Restoration Rebels. Dan Price, who is a CEO, um, I always forget the company. They, they take a, a small business payments for um, like restaurants and things like that. But he, mm. I don't know if you heard about him. He, a couple years ago, took his own salary down to 70K, company he started, mm-hmm. so that he could provide 70K minimum wage for his employees. I heard about that. Yep. I heard about that. Yeah. So he posted. It's been a couple of years now. They're still going. Yep. Yep. Well, I think almost yeah. as cool during right. COVID. <laughs> oh, Andy's leaving. <laughs> Opening the garage to get some cool air in here. Um, so he posted, all state is laying off 3,800 people. All state's profit yep. is up 50% because fewer people are driving. Mm-hmm. It just spent $4 billion to buy up a rival. It issued 171. Yeah, yep. It issued a 171 million dividend to shareholders in July. Excuse me, sorry. And its CEO makes 16.3 million. And then he says it's never enough. My question was not even necessarily about, I was trying to do rough math. So check me on this because someone mentioned in the thread, you know, that kind of money, it begets greed and power. And Mm. so, I would just, whenever somebody says something like that, I just kind of always think, so if you take 44.7 billion, I just did a quick internet search on their 2019 revenue. You take 44.7 billion, or you take 44.7 billion was the revenue. So the CEO is making 16.3 million. So you take 16.3 million divided by 44.7, and that gets you 0.00036. So we round up to 0.4, right? So that would be move the decimal over, that's 0.04% of revenue is the salary of the CEO. Is everybody following me so far? Just following you. Yep. Yes. So if you had a $5 million company and you paid the CEO that same percentage, so 5 million times 0.004, it would be $2,000. Wow. Wow. So it's astronomical. Like somebody's making 16.3 million, right? You're like, what the hell? That seems like a lot of money. Percentage wise though, it's like incredibly mm. low. So a 300K salary for the CEO of a $5 million company would be actually 60% or no move over 0.06. So 6% of revenue. Mm. So percentage wise, it's actually like in scale fairly low. You know, yeah, just, but how, how many board members and stuff would a $5 million company have versus a $44 billion company? Well, but you, I mean, would you, would you need them? You know, I mean, not to mention, I mean, how much are they paying the president from 24 to be the, you know, the voice of those commercials, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. But they, they ain't cheap. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was just thinking like, it, you know, we make these like blanket statements, right? And, and people are saying Dan Price is, I think he doesn't, I, I, the one thing I respect is is people that have an agenda or an idea, but they put their money where their mouth is. I don't think you can. Right. Dan right. Price obviously puts his money where his obviously. mouth is. Obviously. Right? Right. So, so. I, you, everyone knows, right? You're subscribed to the Diojo podcast. You follow everything the Diojo puts out. Uh, you watch the videos. You listen to the audio. You're on the YouTube but uh, and you also read religiously the intentional restorer the monthly column by john isaacs in the intentional restorer so last <clears throat> or this month october 
second Friday of every month, the Intentional Restorer Restoration Remediation Magazine, the premier magazine for property restoration and insurance industry contractors. Uh, our article, my article was Goldilocks the Adjuster and the Three Estimator Bears. So here, uh, for those of you too busy, on the road, can't read, didn't catch it, you know, need the info, here is a snip of that article written by me, read by me, recorded and edited by me. So here you go. Four simple claims relationship optimizers. Four. First, for us to have a professional relationship, it must be mutually beneficial. If negotiations are being made, they should be made in a manner that is fair to all parties. I see many new contractors caught in situations where they have given too much, thinking the future volume will offset the temporary losses, but find they have little left to give when additional concessions are requested. They think they are playing the game, but often they are being played. Be careful. Think of concessions in the second, so the second simple claims relationship optimizer. Think of concessions in the mindset of a courtroom where precedence is being established. An adjuster or consultant may ask for a concession that seems reasonable, but by making this deal, are you setting a precedent that you can maintain with future losses and or in other areas of your estimate? As Lisa Lavender and I share in a recent article, you must be mindful of scope creep. Keep an eye out for those costly losses of time, resources, and profits that pop up as simple requests. Simple requests from carriers, clients, and even your own production teams. Just do it! For these and more tips on how to be professional, be polite, but don't get played, check out John Isaacson, The Intentional Restorer's new book, Be Intentional Estimating by John Isaacson. Developing the right mindset and habits for yourself and your team to succeed with estimating property insurance claims. Also, if you want to order this for a training class or your team or Christmas gifts, because that's a thing that's coming up, you can contact us directly at LidioJo.com about bulk order discounts. Bulk order discounts from LidioJo.com. <laughs>
the question then becomes, is it the government's, you know, and that we're getting way more. Well, yeah. Is it the government's job to, to say when enough is enough? I don't think so, but God, but then, when is I, it? Hats off to say companies like Costco, right? I think he caps his at like 300,000. I'm sure he gets some level of bonuses or whatever, but you know, I mean, he, most of those people don't take a salary per se. They're, right. they're, re, you know, their money's made elsewhere. It's not stock it's not cash. That, yeah. Yeah. Options and mm-hmm. all the jazz. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Brian? Is, is there enough? Is there a point where it's too much? I mean, hey, I, I haven't hit that point yet. But. <laughs> that's what we always say. We're like, we're like yeah, um, that's a good problem for you to have. Let's try it out. I, I also think that if it's a $44 billion company, say you cut his salary in half and he's making $8 million, what's that going to do to the premiums? Give like go down by 0.000-something percent? Yeah, well, because you're talking about half a trillion dollar company, yeah. Yeah, like, it's also kind of the, if you were to replace that CEO with another CEO, what's the going rate? Hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, does Russell Wilson make too much money on the Seahawks? Well, if you want to get a Russell Wilson-esque quarterback, you're going to pay more money because you got to get a Patrick Mahomes now or a Deshaun Watson, right? So it's all, I think people get weirded out by those, those, those the commas figure, right? Mm. Yeah. But if you're a fortune 500 CEO, like $16 million really isn't, isn't that much money. I had a, I had a similar, I think it was last year towards the end of the year, something, this company got, um, he had given out 500,000 in bonuses or something like that. And they didn't tell what percentage it was, but I was able to look up how many employees the company had roughly. And it was like on an average, it worked out to like, $3,000 an employee or something like that. And in scale of, they said they had made their 30% plus of revenue. And I don't remember what the math was, but I broke that down. I was like in an, in a smaller company, they'd be like given $500, you know? So if all these people think this is such a great idea, let's say, you know, 0.001% of this additional revenue, every company can do that. I mean, $500 at Christmas time, I remember the first time I got that when I worked at service. Like, I was like, Holy shit. You know, this is awesome. You know, That's so a lot of money yeah. I mean, I'm right at the right time. And so, you know, if, if everybody kind of said, Hey, we're the company's doing good or people are going to do good. You know, that goes back to our book, right? You know, a little small thing, yeah. I mean, a hundred bucks, even yeah. like if it's what you got, it's what you got. If it's 50 bucks, you know, or, um, you know, I worked for a company that gave out turkeys at Thanksgiving and, some people complained about it and it was like, I remember the first couple of years we worked there, it was like that turkey was our Thanksgiving turkey, you know? It was, exactly. That's a $35, $35 bird right there. Yep. So, and then in later years, we froze it and it became, you know, lean months, it became, you know, food. So, um, I think the other thing that's interesting to think about in that concept, though, is the difference between a small business owner and a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Yeah. Like if you take out, say, Fortune Brandon or me, you know, at, at our company, that's a huge hit. But right. if you take the CEO out of Allstate, it's not like they're, I mean, it's just, a, you're, you're just a filler. So it, I don't know. I think it's. Well, I think you, you certainly get, um, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily like, uh, who is it? Uh, uh, Welch um, from GM, but ever Jack. since Jack Welch, but ever since he left, the company's gone down and then you can argue whether some of the things, he was doing were bound to you know de-escalate or whatever or different economy but uh well look at apple when steve jobs died yeah i mean and then <laughs> they're still doing great i mean tim cook is i mean i think 
but it's far, not the same you know, company. No, it's not. But from a value standpoint, he he's kept it from a stock price and all that. I mean, well, that's his job as a CEO. Yeah, that's exactly. You know. That's yeah. the job. You, your job is to keep the stock price up. And yeah, I think I, Tim I, Cook probably makes a lot more than $16 million a year. Maybe. Just a, just just a, a smidge. Just a, just a guess. Have, the unique thing, what about Steve Jobs, though, was he would make some of those, like, no, this has to be this way regardless of what it costs, right? And I think, mm -hmm. I think that's what you're kind of seeing is they don't have that maybe arguably anymore, right? They're becoming no. more and more like everybody else. But Yeah. Um, I think Dan was saying – I think at the what I took away from that post, and I saw that same post, is what if you take that money? You know, let's take this salary salary in half and eight million dollars or whatever it was, whatever that money was. How many full time employees could they keep on for how long with eight million dollars? Yeah, and I think that's the point. Is like a lot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Let's. What's the median salary of that person? Is they sixty five grand a year? Yeah. Well, shoot, you take eight million. Divided by 65 grand. That's how many people you could just keep on just to have them, just to say, hey, we need you here, lean or fat. We need you part of the organization. Please, Bob, please, Bob. give me, give me, give me. I need, I Bob, need, Bob. I need, I Listen, need. Bob. Give me, give okay, me. Okay, please. all right, all right, please. all right. That's, yeah, that would have been huge, right? Or what, what if you didn't just take it from at his salary and cut his in half? What if you just took a million from every other board member, however many board members they have, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, there's, a, there's a missed opportunity. Especially to, in this to, world to, that we're living in right now. Missed opportunity to, to affect your culture, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Because people, companies that do that, they become the darlings. <coughs> people fall in love with them. I'm, I'm in love with Costco because I know how they treat yeah. their people. Yeah, you can it, you can feel it's a different vibe than when you go to other stores, right? Mm -hmm. And from what I understand, they run the same margins as say like a Walmart, right? I mean the same margin percentages, um, base percentages. But well, yeah. What's surprising about the Costco model is the the amount of revenue they get just from just from memberships. Well, I read another article though talking about um, you know the difference between not trying to bag on Walmart, but just more of a praise to Costco or an um, a compliment to them as far as like how they treat their vendors you know they mm. bring their vendors and they say what's the best we can do this is what our idea is whereas walmart is notorious for you know <laughs> you do this or else you know and so well uh, costco yeah. and starbucks and companies like that where they promote from within like you can't work at costco corporate unless you've worked a certain number of years at the store you yeah. know what i mean it's stuff like that that <clears throat> sets them apart because the higher ups know what the dudes that are collecting the carts out in the parking lot when it's pouring down rain have gone through, you know, Trader Joe's same way. <clears throat> Brothers. Yep. Yep. You can't own a franchise or a French fries, a franchise unless you work there. Hey, okay. So I want to get into the meat overall, uh, you know, meat. You, you said uh, meat. the meat. <laughs> Show me your meat gentlemen. Um, I want to, <laughs> oh, hey. What, what are you smoking? No, um, uh, uh, your, your video recently where you talked about um, going before the Oregon, getting called to Salem to go before the Oregon. Ah, my origin story. Yes. Yeah. yes. And so um, it kind of sparked an idea. You know, the, the whole idea, the Ojo podcast is to help people shorten their learning curve, right? Like I, 
I a hundred percent, I very much try to remember, like, I don't know. I love the videos you've been posting of your, your son skateboarding, right? Because thanks man. Yeah. He's awesome. Skateboarding have been some of the coolest people for whatever reason in that culture. I think surfing's very similar yeah. guys that like earn their stripes, people like Tony Hawk, you know, those kind of, they're still down to earth. If they're at the skate park and they see somebody struggling, they roll up and they're like, Hey man, try this or try this mm -hmm. or you got this. Mm -hmm. My son tried to drop in the other day. This is a couple of weeks ago. And like everybody was clapping and cause he biffed hard. And one guy, you know, came up and was just like, dude, you know, I've been skating. I've learned for three weeks and I still don't have the guts to drop in. So kudos, you know? And so uh -huh. to me, the skateboarding thing is cool. And I try to, I want to do the same professionally, right? Just be like, I'm not better than you because, and that's like Brian and I, we talk pretty candidly. Like it's not because I, no, I'm better than you. I just done it longer. Right. It's, mm -hmm. and you can school me in commercial property restoration all day long and, and sports. I mean, you got an amazing memory for sports that I just don't have. And so when, when someone shares an, I, a, a story like that, that's very personal and like, uh, yeah, I got, I got my, uh, my lunch served that day, you know, <laughs> I like stories, you know, because yeah. real, you know, whereas most people are like, uh, it's, it's humility. It's not yeah. something it's real life share. Right. And so, um, I was, well, really that's a, I was, I was actually scolded for that. Really? I was, um, I won't, I won't name names and it wasn't my wife or anything like that, but someone said you shouldn't, you should take that down. You Brian, should why video. did you why did you do that? Why did you say that, Brian? There's so sorry. many you hurt sorry, me. Sorry, man. I'm sorry. Hurt my feelings. Shots fired. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> but no, it was I tried to create kind of you know a secondary account just so I could kind of throw shade at you, but it didn't work. You found out. So why why take it down? Why were they saying uh, Well, this guy was saying, well, that that's gonna so be used against you. It's a guy. Ah, damn. Uh -huh. See what I did there? <laughs> Narrow down. <laughs> <laughs> or on oh, something, John. Narrowed down fifty percent. Fifty percent of you know, forty-eight per yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh, his fear was was I think what what he was doing was he was putting his fear on me uh, yeah. at the end of the day, uh, and his, his he said, "Well, it's going to be used against you, and in a court somewhere, somewhere, someday, because that's out there, you're going to lose credibility in front of a jury." That was his thing. And I was like, okay. Losing credibility. You know, that at least, at least I get to be genuine from here until whenever that might, may or may not happen. As you know, I've been the guest on several uh, premier top-level podcasts um, on the interwebs, audio, visual, all of the above. But the first podcast that asked me to come back after having me as a guest on their podcast, I think like just exploded their ratings. They're like, I get this guy back. I was like, well, let's, you know, let's schedule something in. I'll see what I can do. But uh, good friends, Eric, the tech whisperer, Sprague, and Larry, Pineapple Man Wilburton of the Blue Collar Nation, their company, MorningTechMeeting.com. Um, helps leaders take the guesswork out of soft skills development for their people. Why would you want to invest in soft skills development? Don't just take it from me. I know most of the time, if I say it, you guys are like on it, you're buying, you're in, you're invested. Listen to what Eric and Larry have to say about how 
they developed this program in their own restoration business and the results it produced. Well, and that's the, the beauty of what you've done, right? So I'm, I'm, if I'm a business owner, I'm thinking like, well, where, where do I even start trying to put a program together? And that's like, I, I know when I got uh, to training, you know, you're trying to train guys in every, in gals and every different aspect. So the beauty of your program is an owner doesn't have to do it alone, right? This is a program you basically subscribe to uh, the one portal and it goes uh, maybe talk a little bit about the mechanism. This goes out yeah. to each of their team members, right? Every day. Yeah. So let, let me explain that there's been, there's been evolution in this for okay. us. So what Larry and I did in our own company was we would, we committed to having a morning meeting. Larry yep. really didn't. Larry fought me because he's step going one. step yeah. one. So we committed. We're having a morning meeting every single day at the same time at the same location are a few people not going to be there because they're on a job that's early or whatever? Yeah, maybe, but we're going to keep doing it. So we're, yep. we're not going to stop. 10 minutes a day, 10, 10 minutes. 15 minutes at the yep. most. So Larry fought me at the beginning because he's looking at 20 or 30 guys times X amount of dollars, right? Going, yep. Yep. well, this is going to cost us a lot. So that was the re one of the reasons too why short, it has to be short. We don't want to have bloated labor bills because of it. Yeah. But what we learned was by having this 10 minute meeting every day, Oh, our upsells went up, our callbacks went down, engagement went up. So we were already spending that amount of money times probably 10 yeah. and we got that money back. So yeah. that's a win. And uh, it was when a better we, culture, better place yeah. to work. So when we started Morning Tech Meeting, John, we said, well, we'll just create in a digital form the exact same meeting that we had at Shamrock. Yeah. There you have it, brother, the program that will help transform your technicians from lackluster into high-producing people. Help you engage, right? Increase sales, increase engagement with your team members, help you be a better leader. Um, they take the guesswork out of it, morningtechmeeting.com. If you want to get a better vibe for Eric and Larry and what they bring to the table, brother, check out Blue Collar Nation podcast and tell them the Diojo sent you. I think that's, you know, one of the big things, though, is like, you know, um, even if you've been doing something for a long time, it's not that you never make a mistake, but that you, you take care of it, right? Or you address it. Right. You don't just ignore it. So. Yeah, that's interesting. So walk us through the, you get the phone call, right? Did you think it was like a fake phone call? Like, who? no, it was, it was, she was good. I mean, okay. she was, uh, you ever get those people on the phone, uh, you know, for those of you who haven't had, you know, a police detective <laughs> call you, yeah, yeah. Um, they have a tone. <laughs> they have just a way of, of reaching through that phone and going, Hey, I mean what I'm about to say to you. Yeah, yeah. That late night DJ voice. She had a nice voice, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, I was, you know, I was so naive, and I wish I could remember the specifics of the, how the conversation went. But I drove to Salem with the idea that I was going to help enlighten this person on how my industry works. Okay. Okay. I that I swear that's where my mind was. I was like, all right, yeah. Tell her. Sure. <laughs> I mean, not, not like I was like, I was going to tell her, tell her, I was going to just, Hey, that's, you know, let's call out, yeah. you know, let me, let me show you what I see is wrong <laughs> with the industry, with the world. 
And this well, is an insurance investigator or what was uh, that? Yeah, the, the, the insurance division of okay. Oregon has detectives or, or I forget what her title was, but she had a badge. It was and real. Someone, what instigated it? Someone turned you in for? Someone, uh, yeah, it's an anonymous tip line, essentially. Yeah. Um, you just call and bag on people and, and say, hey, this person's performing uh, the functions of a public adjuster without a license. Why did you do that, Brian? Sorry. Once again. <laughs> you weren't even in the industry. <laughs> like, man, in your lane, right? And Andy the kid guy. <laughs> I'm trying to get you, Andy. I'm trying to get him. So someone was. Uh, I think it was someone who took exception to what I was doing. Uh, because at the end of the at the beginning of everything back in 2012, my initial my primary purpose was I want to bring this knowledge that I've gained into the market and put it in the hands of the people who need it, and that so, is the insureds ultimately. So to frame this, you you had, you were remote estimating. Had you'd written the book, the 24 Hour Tech, was that out there? I don't know if I had I written that. I no, I didn't write that until 2015. Okay. Yeah, so Claims delegates at 2012. Is this is this about the time your videos started coming out? Then. Yep. Yep. Okay. In my other garage. Yeah, my first garage. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got to get those. I have videos. You should look at my personal YouTube account. Those those go way back. Mm -hmm. I didn't start claims delegate anyway. Uh, well, so what I I was writing estimates for homeowners, and along the way, giving them so much knowledge on how to operate claims. Yeah. Someone said, "Well, you're being a PA." And in my mind, no, I'm not. I'm just talking about, you know, this. Well, you know how the story went. I, mean, I went down and said the same thing to this lady. And she said, mm, no, mm -hmm. you better go get licensed. <laughs> so, so break that down. Fast. I guess that, that ties Fast. in like a, a, a separate conversation we were having, right? We were having, we posted in the group about, you know, charging for estimates and whatnot. And you had brought that up. Um, is and, I, and that's we wanted to ask you directly are you opposed to the percentage or charging those kinds of things what did she specifically say carries over beyond gray into no you are now acting as an adjuster what having what, having any conversation with an adjuster or carrier representative outside of the presence of the insured okay because so, if you're having a conversation, you are negotiating something. Even, even though what I said was, hey, I was sticking to the scope. I was sticking to the price, right? Scope and price. I didn't talk policy or anything like that. No, it was the act of talking to, because ostensibly, you're talking to the adjuster on behalf of the insured. And that's what a public adjuster does. So that should be, that's a licensed function. And like I still, like I told her, does that apply to contractors? That's that's what I told her seven years ago. Is well, if I'm breaking the law, everybody's breaking the law a thousand times a day. And she said, I will never forget it. She said, Mr. McCabe, we're not here to talk about everyone else. We're here to talk about. We caught you. you. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. Yeah. Well, Fine. man, I broke and, the law know, like like sixteen so many times, times last week. Right. Just last exactly. week. Exactly. Because you're negotiating these things. You know, I, I drew a triangle with, with the carrier on top, the insured and the contractor. And, you know, along my conversation, I said, at a certain point, the carrier and the, the contractor start having these conversations. And she took my pencil actually and circled the insured. She said, where's this person when this is happening? 
Well, the, the honest objection would be oftentimes the client doesn't want to necessarily be a part of those conversations. That's right? what I told her. Never. I said people, never people file a claim and they turn their brains off. That's what I told her. Yeah. Oh, get me out of here. Because that's what the reality is. It happens. And yeah, yeah, if you're out there, you're breaking the law. Technically. <laughs> According I'm going to do it again, though. Yeah, well, you because you got to make money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> These sweatshirts are kind of expensive. So you, right. you, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and yeah. So, so then, are you sub? Are you? It was she insinuating that you have to have like three-way calls and things like that with the <clears throat> with the homeowner. No, she didn't. She didn't provide a solution. No. Okay. But that, I mean, essentially, <laughs> she wasn't there the for work. solutions. But that would be the workaround, right? Yes. It would be that yeah. the customer either a three-way conversation be... or have all conversations in person with the insured there. Now, if the insured wants to hire, but the know, adjusters don't come out now. What? What about with COVID and all that? I mean, I haven't met an adjuster on site. We're all since, acting as adjusters since April. Yes, the contractors <clears throat> are acting as adjusters. Well, I mean, you should charge your estimate. If you're going to act like an IA, you might as well get paid like an IA. That's what I'm trying to figure out how to get paid for my estimate. So we keep, you know, keep getting Just railroaded stop at the end. Stop doing it for free. Stop doing it for free. That, that's why we brought you on here. Cause I want to figure out how I can not do it for free. Well, but, so, so here's another notorious quip against you, right? Is <clears throat> you write estimates. You're not a contractor, right? Oh yeah. You, you've never done you that. To say Andrew mm -hmm. McCabe sitting in your gold throne, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> You got your, your F. Are you an F-150 or are you 150. an F-750? I, I got a 150, but it's it's got some suspension upgrades. So. Uh, it's nice. It's uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a 5.7 bed or is it at least a 6.5? Okay, good. So that's fine. It's a, if, it's as long first as it doesn't year, have the short bed. If it doesn't uh, have the short bed, you're all right. Yeah. It was the first year of the, the 3.5 Eco. So it's got the twin turbos that spin up after a minute and a half and, and actually get some power. So this is the part of the podcast, obviously, where we should have started and said this is all uh, subjective. We're not acting as the um, – I know everyone listening to this and watching this looks up to us immensely, especially Brian. Uh, yes, uh, Brian. Looks up to Brian, not up to us. Looks up Because he's tall. He's just yes. tall. Yeah. I'm tall. But uh, so this is experience-based and uh, best to our knowledge. Um, so yeah, so so when contractors call you or you advise them, either get your friggin' uh, PA license or mm -hmm. make sure the co the uh, client is included, which is a little bit of a. Uh, I know when I got in the industry, that was the big selling point, right? You want to tell your client, hey, the only thing you're ever going to have to pay is your deductible. But take care of your soup to nuts. Nothing else, right? And and we've almost created that problem for ourselves we, because it's not have. true. We need right. to fight you know when it comes to my so my wife's a a, a, a realtor right and um, she was telling her clients this is a difficult market and I don't remember what clicked and I was like man I think and she's having some um, a buyer standpoint or a sales standpoint uh, buyers yeah. right and I was oh, like yeah. I think that is a parallel to our industry it's a wrong way to phrase it. If you say it's difficult, it's outside of your control. But if you say it's competitive, mm. right? This is a competitive uh. market. Then they know, all right, we got to play the game. We got to fight, mm -hmm. right? Mm. And so I think the same thing in restoration when we say you're never going to have to do anything. That's BS. 
we may need you to fight for certain line items. What flooring is, you know, notorious, right? No, that door closing is not a line of sight break, you know. I, I had that conversation yesterday. I tell him we came we came to agreement with an adjuster <clears throat> and he's like, I don't like the cabinet cost. I'm like I, <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm like <laughs> What well, do you like about it? <clears throat> that's what you got. So if you want to call and complain and see if you can get some more money, that's on you. But I, I can't as your contractor call and say, you know what, adjuster? Um, I need some more money for these cabinets because yeah. Wait a minute, want, the number he didn't, wants nicer ones. The number didn't come from you. Well, exactly. And then we come in. Oh, we, but it wasn't the adjuster's exactly. It was your exactly. And then we negotiated down to a certain level, and we're like, we can provide the same like for like cabinets at this price. But the homeowner, then you know, it's every homeowner wants. Well, that's Taj Mahal, right? Me, that's a, I just wrote a, a shared article with Lisa Lavender in R&R. I think that's a scope creed item too. Hey, yes. I wrote this bid. The insurance company is objecting to it. You homeowner, they're saying they don't like the price. You go out and get three prices mm. for what you feel is appropriate or for 150 bucks an hour, we'd be glad to assist you with that, right? Because now we're stepping beyond writing an estimate to now we're designing or confirming. Yeah you know and i think that well, you're developing a claim settlement document is what yeah. you're doing yeah you're, you're, i know that's your term that you like to use and it's it's true yeah yeah because yeah it's it's not, let's face it it's not a it's not really an estimate of what you're actually going to do it never is yeah yep subject to discovery or well, yeah. we had one, um, there was an adjuster recently where he said, based on the pictures, that doesn't look like it's uh, more than average grade flooring. He's like, oh, really? Can you provide a different metric yeah. other than from the pictures? Based on pictures. Yeah. Adjuster, why don't you come out and meet with me and the homeowner so you don't yeah. put me in a position of being a public adjuster? Because I am not licensed. So yeah. well, I don't want to violate thing. the law. No, there you, but that's the thing. I, I put this, I put a line in my opening statements that neither X company or me, you know, if I'm operating outside of Oregon or Florida, neither, neither pro restoration or claims delegates is a licensed adjuster in your state. We cannot negotiate this on your behalf. And yeah. I put it right in the opening statement. It just sets the tone. Yeah. Of course, I'm going to talk to an adjuster about reasonable things, but I want the, I want the homeowner to know and be fully aware of, of the situation and the games being played. And then we can step back and say, Hey, I know you wanted that gold plated jacuzzi. Guess what? Yeah. You gotta talk to the, you talk to him about it because I ain't. Yeah, I can't. I legally can't. Why'd you get such a crappy insurance policy? Yeah. yeah. You've come to know, love, and respect me as the intentional restorer, but uh, the video I'm about to share will destroy any thought that I am the factually accurate, always on top of his game restorer <laughs> so across the board it's like 13 to 1 right they that have gone some level of supreme court or, or higher court um have have been primarily in the favor of the uh carriers you're given a suspect look yeah nothing's hit the supreme court yet no no mm -mm. <laughs> okay this is a missouri federal court so mm -mm. no no no, no. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, All right. Yeah, so hey, get your facts straight, yeah. John. Hey, so let's cut. 
So, and right now, my at least for me playing at home, my score is four to one. As far as cases have gone to the higher courts within their no, states, right? No, no. Oh, well, pardon me, Mr. Perfect! I guess I forgot that you never ever make a mistake! So, Damn all, it. Right. all right, let's set, let's set John, John up here. Let's wait, set wait. John up. just got destroyed thankfully there are people in this industry like david princeton who are on top of their game you might call them nerds but we need those people because i aren't one um david's got his facts down um i think that's a great resource for um you know listening to what andy has to say about public adjusting if you come across doubtful and disputed claims David Princeton with Advocate Claim Service. Um, just there's options out there. Educate yourself. Try not to put yourself in positions that uh, you shouldn't be in. Make sure you're holding yourself, the carrier, and the client accountable to the process. Yeah, that's yeah, the man. Get some shot in there. <laughs> Well, there was one recently where um, it was flooring was line of sight, right? And um, no break or anything, like literally line of sight, one step down. And the adjuster read the policy saying, we only owe for the room in which it's damaged. It's like, okay. So if it literally says that in the, in, um, you can probably take a guess at which insurance company it is. But uh, <laughs> um, so, you there know. There are two oh, that are are. are yeah. Are not good in our books, but and it so, was one of them. If well, I, I read a, literally I read a USAA, I, I did read a USAA policy last week that specifically said we do not owe when 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 new material does not match old material, we do not owe for, owe for it. And it was in it was like black yeah. and white. I was like, yeah. fuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Am fam is that way with cabinets. People. Yeah, all American Family Policy are, are that way with cabinets. Yeah. And if people were educated on what they were buying, yeah, they could they could <clears throat> root this stuff out and buy a different policy. They probably could get the same policy from the same company, just have the underwriter say, no, I don't like, you know, okay, we're going to add $2 a year. You know, well, that's the all, thing. Yeah, yeah the, 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 the riders for your policy are usually pretty minimal. They're cheap. Um, but cheap. Uh, yeah. But if, if all you're doing is shopping the cheapest insurance, that doesn't mean though the most expensive insurance is any better. So, mm -mm. so what, mm -mm. uh, just to clarify, what is your recommendation for contractors charging for bids? What does that look like? And how do you do that? Well, I think it's a great way for contractors to read, weed out the tire kicking dreamers and get yeah. to the people who are serious. Because too many times, and, and God knows I've written hundreds of estimates that I thought were slam dunk and that they, they, the insured goes, thanks, bye. Um, and it's like, I just made you $200,000, ma'am. Yeah, how about yeah. some, yeah, how about a little credit or something? How about, so, I, how about a high five? So, thank you. A hug? Hug? Yeah. Hug it out? Give me a fist bump. <laughs> so <laughs> it weeds out those people. Because you say right up front, hey, and they, they always call, it calls like this. Hey, I, the adjuster said, I got to get three bids. Can you come out and give me one? And I, I, I would say when at the time when I was, when I was a project manager, I'd say, you know, those two other companies are going to come with the same number I am because yeah. we use the same 
We use the, you know, the same program, blah, blah, blah. If you want me to come out for a real opinion, it's going to cost X. And you quote either, either a flat rate or an hourly rate. Um, I like to stay away from per percentage. But when, or do you you say, when do you charge that, Andy? Right up front. Right up front. What roughly is that from a number standpoint? Well, you got to gauge how, mu how much time it's going to take you. Uh, okay. and, so and understand what is, what is your project manager estimator's time worth. Yeah. Um, that's right. why yeah. held JS held it rates are north of $185 an hour yeah. Yeah. because the value is there. So well, you charge it upfront. And, and if you want to say, Hey, if you end up using us to do this project for you, which I hope you do, it's included. We will take that, whatever you paid, that goes to a credit towards the work we're actually going to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're going to pay it either way. Yeah. But this way they get to feel like they're not missing out. They're not wasting. They're not throwing that money away, but yeah. collect it. Take it. Yeah. And well, I know get, adjusters have different conversations. I know a lot of contractors say, well, I'm not going to get any work if I do that. And I know we've implemented that over the years, especially in peak season. So you know, I think there's probably a variable, right? Like if you're slow, then yeah, don't charge for estimates. Go out there and get them. You know? Yeah, you're slow. You're going to go hammer it down, man. Yeah, you're you're going to some sail yeah. in the door. But you also, uh, uh, and I think that- Knock and knock and knock. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. A guest on- Opportunity? Yeah. I was talking about, in essence, you just need, you want to screen your clients better regardless, right? Have a better- Period. You know, rather than just going out. So whether that's charging or taking some risk, um, you know, I that's would the say problem. that's a problem with programs. Yeah. You don't get to choose. Yeah, you don't, get, you don't get to choose who you're working for today. And it sucks sometimes. Well, and talk about being put in a position to adjust the claim, you know, that's uh yeah, yep. <laughs> separate story. Um, what, okay. So why, why do you think um, public adjusters, why is that a dirty word in the industry? Um, is because it, you've got, you've got guys that'll take a full 10%, a full rate, you know, some, depends on the states, 15% and they'll go in and they'll take the money no matter, no matter if the claim justifies it or not. Yeah. And you have a whole bunch of people just chasing the money yeah. and they're not in it for the right reasons. So yeah, I mean, and it, let's be honest, there's some real asshole PAs out there. Yeah. Some are just dickheads. So asshole contractors too. There's just assholes yeah, period. Yeah, out there. Yeah, there are a lot of assholes. Yeah. <laughs> it's 2020. That's why we're was an asshole. Paper. Yeah, so. My cousin was an asshole. <laughs> so as, as we were talking about the video, um, you, I, I came across your article in 2017 in restoration and remediation magazine where, um, I wrote one. I'd what? like to say, yeah, yeah. I mean, riddled. That was a nice plug there, John. You get you getting the kickback on that? Yeah, riddled with spelling. I, 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 this is on our podcast thread, so oh, oh. spread the wealth. Oh, to be named reputable. It was riddled with spelling errors and grammar. Yeah. <laughs> Semicolons everywhere. <laughs> when you talk about you were getting ready to speak at a claims conference, and then it oh, yeah. you that um, you were a public adjuster, right? Um, so. Why, why was that an issue for that? Well, not just that you're a public adjuster, but that you wrote for uh, homeowners, right? That became the mm -hmm. point. That did. Well, it, it came down to, yeah, I think the title of that was uninvited, yeah. right? Because I was invited. They actually wanted me to come, come speak. Like, 
you know how these conferences go. They, yeah. they're begging for people to come speak because they never pay anything. Yeah. Um, so it's all volunteer. So someone's willing to fly halfway across the country on their own dime to talk to your people. Yes. Yeah. And, oh, this person also knows a lot about our industry. Okay. Yes. Right. Well, and plus but, you've got a good following and, you know, you've figured out social media, which a lot of people are still very scared of. Or- very scared of, very scared of. Uh, but then it came out, I, I think I mentioned it in passing and I said, I brought it up. I said, is this going to be, is this going to be a problem? I'm, I'm a public adjuster. I, I do this sort of thing. And the gal was really nice. She said, oh yeah, probably not, but let me ask. Yeah. She yeah. asked, <laughs> she got her answer. No, no pal. <laughs> yeah. License so, revoked. See ya. Yeah. Yeah, what was why? So soup for you. You can come to the audience, but you you can't yeah. speak. You can. That's I think they actually did try to sell me tickets. You they said it's only five hundred bucks. You might yeah. as well come. There's a lot of value. <laughs> <laughs> We're just not gonna have scumbags like you come and talk to us, you know. Yeah, but that that's it's it's <clears throat> it doesn't need to be. It's artificial. This whole divide that doesn't. We, we're so exclusive. We think our, our little clubs and our little, yeah. you know, secret handshakes and shit are yeah. meaningful, but they don't really mean anything. Let's, let's get to the bottom of it and, and you know, rise, you know, rising tide floats all boats. Let's, let's go down that road. I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's, uh, yeah, <laughs> you mentioned um, in, in the article that you, you tried your hand at adjusting some claims rather poorly. Is there any uh, examples you want to share? I mean. Oh, no wins. No, it was, I was over. I was over oh. for life. Yeah. I, 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 qu- I quickly realized that my talent is an exact mate, not in actually settling claims. Yeah. Because uh, at the time I was just too new. I, yeah. it was damn near 10 years ago. It was a decade ago, almost. Yeah. Uh, it just wasn't, I wasn't ready. So yeah, I think I took on five separate clients. Two of them ended up going legal. Oh, geez. Uh, and three of them, the insurance company told me to pound sand and I didn't know how to fight back. Mm. So did not, I didn't make any cheddar on, yeah, on yeah. those, uh, those early deals. Yeah. Well, that's uh, too, uh, a lot of public adjusters, you know, stake their claim on taking it to court, right. And, and making kind of more of a name for themselves as Mm-mm. a, Mm-mm. No, because the adjuster doesn't get paid that way. Okay. The the PA doesn't get paid if it goes legal. Oh, really? Uh, the two the two that I had, and and it went to a firm. Both of them went to a firm that I I had a relationship with, so I knew them. Uh, but they said, "Hey, we've got to, you know, we we've got to sign this contract now because they work on contingency. We yeah. can't have two people working on contingency on the same claim." So <laughs> I had to relinquish, you know. We just came to, I came to the, me and the insured had a conversation. We, we, you know, yeah. paid out whatever. Actually, neither one paid out anything because they were so far, they were so strung out by the insurance companies by that point. Um, they didn't have any cash. What type of losses were they? Uh, water losses, two water losses. Uh, and I think they both, they both stemmed from the same ice storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was in Portland and one was in Tillamook. <clears throat> Well, that's and, in your area, Ben, you get a lot of ice dams, right? Which are very subjective. Not last year, but yes. Oh, man. Oh, they're brutal. Yeah. Yeah, don't get me started on ice dams. Trying to figure out where the friggin' water came from. Yeah. Now, uh, well, you know where the water came from. Yeah. I just don't want to recognize it. Yeah. Sky. Yeah. <laughs> Up there. The ice. 
Okay, I wanted to, um, you also gave some really good Ice. questions, the, the power questions. Um, okay. These questions should be asked of every adjuster. So this is what you're telling a claimant on every job, every claim. So if you are out there and you're filing a claim, and obviously a lot are being filed, right? Um, mm -hmm. uh, it'll also begin to take the burden of claim settlement off the contractor and back to where it belongs, the insurance adjuster. The answer to these questions should be written down and kept in the claim file. Mm -hmm. So the, the first question is the most obvious one, right? Is my claim covered? Um, <laughs> that's typically a yes or no. Uh, yeah, get it out of the way. <laughs> Let's say, I need to know where we stand. Well, uh, our, our last guest on Pro vs. Joe was um, David Princeton. He does um, claims advocacy. So if it's... Um, what does that mean? Doubtful or disputed. So he's got the same license, the public adjusters are licensed, but he specializes in doubtful and disputed. So... Mm, nice. Like a contractor is trying to help somebody. And then, um, and the example we brought up is somebody that, you know, in all honesty, the adjuster says, Hey, do you have mold? I'm like, yeah, I have mold. Oh, sorry. Your claims tonight. You know, so you're, <laughs> we've, you, we've used that. We've used them yeah. on two instances like that where they were flat out. Just, Nope, you're not covered. Yeah. David Straight comes in on. and it works. It's like, yeah, there may not be, you may not get all of it, but 95% of it's going to be covered. Yeah, and you go back to the policy and you have someone who's able legally to interpret that policy language yep. and then go back to the insurance carrier and say, uh-uh, no, you see we're here. This is an ensuing cause, cause yeah. and yeah, you might have a five. I see the mold limit here, mm -hmm. but that's not, the that's not the cause of this loss. Right, mm -hmm. right. The cause of this loss was not mold. Mold is, right. was you know, caused by the secondary, loss. Secondary, right. It was secondary damage. Yeah. That's why we try to tell every customer, don't say that word. <laughs> Do you know the one thing that everybody in this world is unanimous, unanimous about? We've pulled people from every coast, uh, every tradition, every ideology, uh, however you want to call it. And the one thing they have told us, the one thing, the one thing they tell us, they want to hear more from John Isaacson and Annie McCabe. Okay, that's what they're telling us. I, I was as shocked as you were. 100% all the polls that we ran internally, reviewed, uh, put the data together. That's what they're telling us. And so you have a unique opportunity, maybe, <laughs> just maybe, to get in on that action, hear more from the minds, the simple, small, elegant, beautiful, large, complex minds of John Isaacson and Andy McCabe, as well as others, in a book, The Diojo the unintended uh, publication firm, the Diojo, will be releasing a second book in 2021. This is a collaborative effort. Just watch this clip and you'll see. I think it'll really clarify whether or whether or not this book may actually be happening. So take a look. We're working on this book that keeps getting delayed and delayed and delayed because all the best intentions keep... Uh... <laughs> yes. You know, many, many setbacks to this year, right? Who'd have thought? You titled it Small Things. You are not important. It's all about the money. Hmm. About that the title game. probably needs some adjustment. Do you have a minute to talk about your chapter in our upcoming book? Yeah, I haven't thought about it much, but yeah. Yeah, I would think so. But yeah. It's that knowledge gap. And then how does that, I mean, how does that boil down? It's that knowledge gap.
Um, um, it's that knowledge gap. Um, um, it's that knowledge gap. Um, so about, 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 about as clear as mud there, right? Oh, there you go. About as clear as mud there, right? So <laughs> we are. Uh, you can go to thediojo.com forward slash book two and keep up to date with this book that was supposed to be out earlier this year. <laughs> 2020 is really throwing a doozy on a lot of people's plans. And we have not been exempt, but uh, we're, we're, we're finally getting this sucker done. And uh, you can read and know more, be prepared, hear what's going on, specials, deals, those kinds of things. Check it out, thediojo.com forward slash book and the number two. Book two. Book two from the Diojo Publications.com. Yeah, the M word. Yeah, yeah. Don't, it's just, you don't, don't, even, don't even broach that subject. It's just, you don't want to tell people to, to not be 100% honest, but you, you can really hang yourself if you're not. Yeah. Just, well, just be careful. That Especially was when adjusters aren't coming out to the site. Yeah. Yes. Which is every claim right now. Right now? Absolutely. But well, this that, also good. Yeah, yeah. It, it can, lets you control the narrative. 100%. The, uh, one of his encouragement to uh, clients, if you're filing a claim, he said, you know, instead of answering right away, say, why are you asking that question? And ask mm. them to explain, you know, <laughs> what road that's Ooh. going down before you answer it. So that, that's a pretty practical so we got, is my claim covered? What if my loss exceeds my policy limit? So this is obviously, um, especially in those larger fires, right? You know, where, um, or uh, a big one with these fires is secondary buildings, right? If somebody's got mm. like a nice shop and they haven't. Yep. Um, when I was out yeah. next it's a shop for 15 grand worth of coverage on your other structures. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got like, yeah, you've done some upgrades and those kinds of things, but you didn't get them covered, you know, because you thought you were being tricky or whatever. <laughs> um just just cheap you're being cheap <laughs> that I, I got 10 bucks a month in my pocket man <laughs> that's a lot of slim gyms yeah <laughs> well and here comes a lot of cheddar. the mold one are there any exclusions in my policy which apply to this claim um yeah those those two are just getting that conversation right out front let's let's i don't want to be surprised in a week when you call me up you know, and say, oh, by the way, you know, this, this, and this. Yeah. And it forces the adjuster, if they haven't done their homework before they show up uh, or get you on the phone, yeah. it's really going to turn the conversation like, oh, shit, I better go read that policy to make sure. <laughs> this, yeah. I mean, if you're, I mean, that, what do they say? Lawyers just ask intelligent questions, not because they have them all memorized, but they know where to look for them, right? Mm -hmm. So um, this is a, a good document for that. Um, Will your company pay all the necessary costs I incur to put my home back the way it was? Now that's a tricky one, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's powerful language in there. Yep. Yeah. Well, that was, um, we had a loss where, um, you know, the, the insurance company is doing investigatory work, right? Sending out an engineer and those kinds of things. And that they, 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 they send out their, their, their non waiver of rights. Yeah. Well, and you're already, so if you're, if you're on, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, if you're on a job where, you know, like this is a clear, like total loss or pretty darn close to, right? And now 
the insurance company is bringing out people to verify what's obvious, we're starting to incur cost against the policy, right? For mm-hmm. things um, that, that may cause issues with um, getting it fixed or, or repaired or restored. No, no, but no, no, because that comes, that doesn't come off your policy limits. It comes off of claims expense. Claims expense. Um, That would be a clarifying question, right? Like if the the adjuster saying, Hey, we need to get an engineer and and X and X and X out to verify the extent that might be a good question for a client to ask is, is I think that's a great article or a great Avenue to go down because if, if the adjuster volunteers that, and the adjuster makes that happen, then it definitely doesn't go against your, Shouldn't your, be. your limits. Yeah. But if he says we need to get that out and then you go and call the, call the engineer, well that, yeah, then it goes to your policy. Yeah. Um, I don't trust our engineers anyway. So I always say go <laughs> get your own. Can I choose the contractor to perform the needed repairs to my home? So there's, there's a good one. This question That's gets to the heart of the steering, right? So, Steering, that was for sure. That was what uh, David brought up. Steering is illegal. Mm-hmm. And price it is. <laughs> it, it's yeah. It's, and the steering is something that why don't why don't why don't we have that conversation more often? Yeah. Because yeah. how often has a State Farm adjuster told my client that he may not be able to cover one hundred percent of my bill? Right. What the hell kind of language is that? Yeah, they say it a hundred times a day. Well, it's, they- it's fear. The agents are saying that too, right? Because the agents are now scared. I have to refer you to the 1-800 number. I have to, you mm-hmm. have to have the preferred. The good hand network. <laughs> yeah. Track from good. He said hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you in good hands? <laughs> got to say it deeper. Are you yeah. in good hands? Yeah. <laughs> I um, used to be the president. <laughs> <laughs> So say <laughs> hopefully our okay. audience gets that reference, you know. I could listen to him read the phone book though. Oh, me too. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Haysbert, right? Yeah. Um, he he's so- the best in heat when he's the cook and then he becomes the driver for oh, 30 man. seconds and then gets shot at the bank robbery. Oh, I love that movie. I used to love that. Heat is awesome. I was him. Oh, oh yeah. He gets that. out of jail and he's the cook That's a at a long that- time ago. Yeah, at the diner. And then, I love Heat. I've watched yeah. that movie 15 times. <laughs> oh, I've watched it way more than that. <laughs> it was on two VHSs. I think I said yeah, it's like three and a half hours long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had it. We had it on. We rented it on Laserdisc. Remember those big ones? <laughs> and it was two Laserdiscs front and back. Holy cow! Okay. What yeah. was the What was the disc that came out for a little while that were tiny? You're a tech guy, Brian. Like, did you have that the little like the tiny? Sony mini disc player or whatever? Yeah, they, yeah. that's I think right. Yeah, it was right before the right before CD. the iPad or uh, iPod. It launched with one of the PS like three or something like that, right? That was no, it wasn't the three. PS two. Was it part of PS two? Yeah, yeah. two. It was supposed to be the big thing. Um, so question number six: Is there anything you can tell me that will help settle this claim? I love that question. It's like, can you can you can you do your job? Can you help me? <laughs> well, if you ever take the test as a PA. Or, or is it, so Oregon doesn't have a PA's license. It just has a general adjuster's license. So I took the same test every IA has to take. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, if you're not an IA, you're working for a carrier, you get to use their license. So those people haven't even taken a test. Yeah, yep. Those people don't even have an individual license. What would you say you do here? But in the language 
of that, you know, part of what you agree to, of the state statutes you're saying you're going to abide by to be an adjuster, one of them is to find every possible way to cover a loss. It's mm. actually in there. When's oh, the last I time you had an adjuster do that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Your, yeah. your job is to find coverage and then provide coverage. Yeah. Fancy that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Like it's gets back to, to the conversation we had last time though, John, is, is that adjuster there to help the homeowner yeah. or the insured yeah. or the insurance company? Yeah. And in my experience, they lean more towards the insurance company. Well, they know where their bread's buttered. Oh yeah. I That's think, why they want that, that program worker out there. <clears throat> I think in a, in just a generic sense. So most people just want to keep their jobs, right? So they're doing yeah. what it takes. Which I understand. I totally That's get that. That's what it is. But let's just be real. That's what it is. Yeah, let's call it. It's job security. Yeah, it's straight up. So the next two are about the check. When can I expect the first check and how much will that be? And then what if the check is not enough to complete the repairs? Um, Are you talking more in a general claim sense or a lot of times in these cat situations where they're just, they're cranking out an initial check, right? Uh, It goes to the depreciation more. The second one is depreciation is, is I want that check. I want to be able to complete the repairs without somebody extending credit. Because guess what? What happens That'd be now? Nice. That'd be right? Nice. We extend the credit at you as yep. yeah. The contractor extends yeah. its free credit. Yeah. You know, it, it, no matter if fifteen hundred dollars your job, it's free credit until you get paid. Right? Yeah. Did you run a credit check? Yeah. Um, so yeah. so let's have the insured ask for that money. It's their policy. We've already quantified it for them. Why do you say? Why do you think so many contractors are adverse to requesting like a 30, 30, 10, you know, or um, any kind of deposit? Um, I think they're afraid of losing the sale. Yeah. But what they don't realize is until the money changes hands, there's no, there's no sale. Not a sale. Yeah. You're just, working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you had any issues with that, Brian, like collecting deposits or? Um, Not, it's never the deposits. It's always the recoverable. The RCV, and it's that, it's that, especially with that, you know, good hands company. They, <laughs> they tend, they tend to go on vacation when you need the the second payment. That second, and, oh, no, that's why you start your draws early. You start your draws and you <clears> set the schedule according to whatever budget you set, and it's boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And you always want to say, you know, if you're going to be fifty percent done next week, you get your fifty percent draw this week. Yeah, and just go for it. Well, that's why it's almost, it's a pain in the butt when it goes to the mortgage company, but it at least provides a little bit more, a layer of uh, protection in the sense that the money's going through a process, right? Um, where you have to. Um, it is on the bank, but yeah. But yeah. man, with COVID though, we had one where the mortgage company office was in California and it was a week after California shut down. So the check was sitting at that office yeah. for six weeks. Yeah. Mm. Luckily, we didn't start the project until we, that was the deposit check. Yeah. But still, it's like okay. So then the homeowner has nothing happening at their house but, for six weeks because the money is just sitting there. But that's again, that's not your responsibility as a contractor. It's not my fault. Your insurance company sent the check to your mortgage company. And right. Right. Especially know, on the mitigation side, mitigation yeah. should be the easiest checks to write, and and they shouldn't have the mortgage company on them. Yeah, because yeah, that's yeah. that's cost incurred. It's a reimbursement for cost incurred. Right. It's not a settlement of the claim. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two different things, but yeah, you know, 
Yeah. <laughs> that's the other yeah. thing that a lot of contractors are are hesitant to do is the lien process and like it's I always tell that's people the only way you're gonna get paid. The only layer of protection, you know, a, a consumer has so many layers of protection. They can call they can call a CC board, C board for any CCB board for anything that's in Oregon, the contractors board, L and I, whatever. They can turn you in for safety violations. They can turn you in for money fraud. They can turn you into the insurance. They can turn you into the Better Business Bureau. You know, they can call all their all friends. Of it. Post a bad review on Facebook. The one thing bad Yelp review. Has, yeah, the one thing a contractor has is the lien. And I think that's probably your guy cool. wasn't wearing a mask. I'm gonna call, <laughs> and I'm not paying. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not paying. Yeah, for that reason. Yeah. yeah. So, but I think a lot of a lot of that's poor communication on the front end. Like, hey, this is just part of the process, right? So I had an adjuster once and that's it's the last job I ever did for an adjuster. You know, you, you do these favors, right? Hey, I need my bathroom painted. What can we do? Well, as far as deal. Like doing something on his. Yeah. Can you send your crew over? What would it cost to get your crew over here to paint my living room? Blah, blah, blah. Wink, wink, wink. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. So I had a guy and it was one of those, speaking of scope creep. Yeah. I started with painting a hallway. It ended up, you know, it was trim. <laughs> door trim and baseboard in a hallway and two bedrooms and some drywall work and we yeah exactly and we just went out there and did it because hey this guy was potential you know millions of dollars worth of business because he was yeah, an yeah. adjuster and uh, <laughs> comes time to collect on on and i gave him a screaming <laughs> deal i mean right. i gave him i mean like i was barely i wasn't making any money right, right. it was just, just keeping the, the guys just yep. covering the costs he says well um you you didn't have very good containment up there when you were using that that sealant and and so you exposed my pregnant wife to VOCs. I'm not paying. So Andy, you you asked why I got out of all other forms of construction, <laughs> mainly commercial construction. Right there. There's always that freaking bullshit like that where you're like, seriously, yeah, like, like come on, man. Yeah. Come on, bro. Like, especially in commercial real estate where it's like, this isn't even your money. Yeah. You're right. a third party property manager and this is some millionaire, whatever fund. They don't give a crap about the 1500 right. bucks, man. Right. But you know what? We spent three grand. All we're trying to do is get 1500 <laughs> because we told you we were going to spend 1500. Just pay us the effing money. Yeah. Please. Yeah. So yeah. did you, did you keep getting work from that adjuster? No, that was the end of that relationship. <laughs> but, but that's the, the struggle of sales, right? It's damned if you do, damned if you don't. So if you tell them no, you know, okay, I saved the three grand or whatever the headache. But, but it is probably better at that point. It's now no longer about value, right? Now it's no. not. Because then next year it's going to be something else. Those other oh, straight up, it's yeah. respect. Yeah. It's yeah. respect. You know, yeah. shit on somebody else. I'm done. Yeah. yeah. And at the end of the day, we got to realize who is our real client, you know, yeah. and we got to stop chasing these people who look like they're their client. Yeah. They might, they might write actual checks to us, but they're not our client. Yeah. We got to, we got to keep those. Yeah. And there's yeah. more clients. If you just keep, like I said, knocking, just the, yeah. mm -hmm. if that's one's mm -hmm. not the right one, go the next one. But this is what your estimates look like when you just take a bunch of light items. And you throw them against the wall and you hope they stick. And you hope some adjusters, brave enough, 
come up and say, yeah, it'll work. <laughs> Why is an estimating structure, process, mindsets, habits important? A bad estimate, a jello estimate that won't stick to the wall, that's your profitability. <laughs> That's your ability to hire more people. That's your ability to put some things away for retirement. That's your ability to take a vacation. That's your ability to not be stressed out every single day that you come into work. Just take a bunch of my items. Well, especially, especially um, high volume markets like Seattle, right? I mean, like there's- Oh God. Plenty of work, right? I mean, even yeah. then, right now, I'm sure there's plenty of work. It's popping, you know, everywhere. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't have my finger in the pulse here. I'm, I'm too. Far you're not away. a contractor, Andrew McCabe. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you know. No credibility in my eyes. <laughs> okay, so the the final question on the uh, this is the power. I, I, wait, wait, John. I have one question. What What are you <laughs> sucking down there, Andy? Are you drinking that stuff like water? What is that? Organics, 100% juice, orange and pineapple. You got a UTI? Yeah, you gotta go to the bathroom. We've had like three of them mason jars full since we've been talking. <laughs> Are you just going straight? Oh, no. juice? Just thirsty, man. Just... <laughs> I'm thirsty. Well, you might not. I'm working hard. You might not know, Brian. He's like eight foot three. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yes, I'm six can... foot fourteen. <laughs> Are you six seven? Six seven. Jeez. Really. Yeah. Too tall. Too yeah, tall so. for anything to be convenient. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I'm going on a, I've got 12 hours of airplanes tomorrow to get to Pensacola. Yeah. And if I didn't get first class or comfort plus, forget about it. I ain't going. Your knees are up in your nose. Yeah. No, I've done that. Too. I've actually had come away with bruises on my knees nope. from flying coach because my, my foot is jammed between those two seats. <laughs> and then some motherfucker goes, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. am I? I I didn't ask. Can I cuss? Can yes. I? Yes. No. Okay. No. This. Yes. <laughs> Let's pray, everybody. Okay. You ruined the Proverse show. <laughs> you ruined it. So the, the, I had a guy lean back once, and it has literally his bald head was sitting in my lap, hmm. and my knees are up. What kind of plane are you on? See, I'm I'm bombardier. Bombardier. I just, I just sit, even if it's uncomfortable, I'm sitting, right? You know, so it just. Because that's a respectful thing to do. Yeah. Because yeah. you're a respectful person and people yeah. like you. Yeah. We're yeah. American. At least on airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not in real life. Okay, so the final power question from claims delegates, Andy McCabe. Which should from... be the first question, actually. I think I'm going to reverse this list. That that should be the first question, but go ahead. Jesus. I mean, we're on this podcast. <laughs> we're trying to be reputable, and here you go, throwing a wrench. Well, John, you read it the wrong way, man. Oh, no, sorry. I'm saying you see that the next time I write the list, I'm going to put this question as number one. It's Carrying the lead. Sir, sir, yes, I stop interrupting. <laughs> sir, sir, you agreed sir, to two sir, minutes. Sir, you agreed mute, to two minutes. Mute. <laughs> Let me finish. Shut up, man. Your people agree. You're a clown. You're a clown. <laughs> oh man! What are we well, referencing? We're going there. I what are we, we going referencing there. here? No idea. Uh, uh, the f bombs will get passed. That's what's going to get us in trouble. So, um, <laughs> are you authorized to settle my claim? <sighs> my because drug. the first person you see probably ain't. 
the second person you see might not be. Yeah. You, and if, if you, if you're talking to somebody who doesn't even have the authority to yeah. settle your claim or write you a check conversation over. Well, let me, let me talk to somebody else too. We've had competitors in markets present themselves as, you know, I mean, they're clearly in their whatever company, you know, get up, not an insurance company. And they'll say, oh yeah, X company sent us, you know, we're, we're here to Ooh. do your work. Right. So, <laughs> so that's a great question. Like, oh really? Okay. Are you, that is a great, it should be number one. I agree. Well, you know, let's let it be said here. Pro versus Joe took Andy McCabe to task. Question nine should be. ask the hard questions. Question number one. Question one. <laughs> That's it, Andy. You're a fraud. We proved it. We proved it. So, yeah. So, anybody that shows up at your friggin' door, right, if you've got a claim, you have the authority, you know, because, yeah, as a client, don't talk to somebody until you're talking to somebody that can do something about it, right? So, otherwise, you're going to be yeah. talking to all of them. So, so what I what I say, and, and it's, you know, right now, is a, I'm getting a lot of phone calls, right, because the entire state burned up. Yeah. And I did, I did make no bones about, I want to help as many Oregonians as I possibly can through this. Uh, so we'll have people, well, there's so-and-so from, so-and-so from Wardlaw is showing up. So-and-so from Worley is showing up, you know, and I always ask, okay, what's the, what's the say on their card or what, it, who do they introduce, you know? And it's, well, it's my adjuster. And I said, no, no. it's not your adjuster. Yeah. Uh, so what do I do? I said, just let them do their thing. You don't have to say a word to them. Happy, 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 <laughs> because they're not an adjuster. Yeah. I don't understand how I got called to task. No, not to go too far back. Okay. All the way back to the beginning. Let's do it. Why did I get called to the task by the state of Oregon? Right. But JS held Madsen Knepper's Okay, Madison Knepper's probably does have some licensed adjusters. Wardlaw, Worley, um, you know, some of those guys may or may not be adjusters, you know, but let's, who's that company that, who's that restoration company that always gives those competitive bids? <laughs> Rytec? Rytec, right? They have a whole division. No, it's not, it's not Oregon. They have a whole division. All they do is comp bids. So if, if you got somebody coming to your house and, oh, it's my adjuster. No, you know, just, just let them do their thing because whatever they do, I did the same thing last week too. I've got a PA client, uh, the, the guy that the fire came up to his front door. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, uh, it was an independent adjuster came out Yeah. and I met him because uh, I am a PA and that's what I do. I met this, this IA and then I just shook his hand and said, Actually, we didn't even shake hands because we can't do that now. We did one okay, of those. Right. Um, that from the record. And he started to talk to me. He's like, okay, what do you think here? What do you think here? And I said, I don't know yet. Because I know I'm going to hammer him yeah. with my data later. And it's not even going to be him. Yeah. So why even waste my breath trying to negotiate with this guy when I know the real guy with power is yeah. somewhere else? Yeah, the IA is just trying to write a scope and get paid, right? I mean, yeah, just get, yeah. Yeah, let him get He's his money. Yeah. yeah, that was always frustrating. I mean, even as a, a, a TPA contractor, and then you arrive and there's an independent there, or the independent mm. was there before you. Like, why are these companies like this idea that you're saving money somehow? It's like, why are you throwing th this wrench in the uh, 
So let's, um, I want to be mindful of time. Did you want to ask any questions, Brian, about like Matterport and those kinds of things? Ooh. Yeah. I mean, we're, we've always, we've been kicking around the idea of getting Matterport. So how, cause you're a pro Matterport guy, right? Andy? Mm, I play one on TV. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you got the, you got the drone. Is there a license? I don't know. I, uh, I, I use it quite a bit. You got the drones, the Matterport. Uh, Do you think that it's a good tool for the everyday contractor? Well, it it's about SOPs. Um, there's Chicago Fire and Flood or Chicago Fire and Water and whatever. They have 42 the Matterport cameras. Hmm? Is that the show with Rob Lowe? <laughs> Chicago Adjusters. I love Rob Lowe. On NBC. I love Rob Lowe. I like Rob Lowe. Yeah. He's great. So they, Tommy they, Boy. they do a Matterport scan of every loss, no matter the size. Yeah. Before pre-mitigation and post-mitigation. That's it. it. just, But they work it in their SOPs. And yeah. they have a full-time guy. Or, or for, with 42 cameras, they get or their gal. technicians. They get, or gal. Uh, <laughs> if, with 42 cameras, they have their technicians trained to do this, to collect this data. So yes. instead of training your technician to run a moisture meter you know, or sketch a room, well, guess what? You don't have to sketch a room anymore as long as you run the camera. Because the camera, it builds. Yeah. So I use it. I don't see the value as much on the small claims. Big claims, it's priceless. Yeah. Because I can go back to any claim anywhere at any given time, you know, years, and I can measure that countertop because mm -hmm. I got it scanned. Do you have so, any experience with DocuSketch? No. Okay. Because some people are saying... I mean, I mean, it's always a conversation, right? Probably every week somebody posts in one of the groups, you know, hey, I'm thinking about this or this or this, right? Yeah. Um, so I think the two, DocuSketch has a camera that'll uh, integrate and Matterport does. You commented when we commented about it, the Rico, it'll do the 3D scan, but it won't import the sketch, you, right? You don't get measurements. Yeah. You can't measure that, that, that rendering. Well, I think someone said uh, they use DocuSketch for the smaller stuff and then Matterport for the bigger stuff. Um, that would make sense. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the reality is a lot of people are afraid of Sketch. Um, you know, I've got clients who, who have had to coax, just give me something, take a napkin out and give me something. <laughs> yeah, geez. You know, yeah. They don't, they, you know, they'll, send me, they'll send me a video and they're walking through the house and then they say, write it. And I'm yeah. like, whoa, 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 back up. Like, yeah. measure something. Give me... Yep. But people are afraid of that function, and I've had technicians that I've trained over the years. It took hours to write up these four rooms. It was a beautiful sketch, but why did you take so much time to do it? Yeah. You just take that function out and yep. let the technician be the technician, and then you do, it, you know, the scanning guy be the scanning guy, and and you have this priceless, accurate data. It's it's beautiful. Yeah, I can yeah. do a screen share and show you Gene Simmons' house. Oh, really? It. Nice. No, he might not like that, but <laughs> so it's a time saver. Uh, and it helps me like, I don't even, and it's accurate. Uh, oh, it's laser accurate. Yeah. It's got three lasers, three freaking lasers, three lasers, laser beams, laser beams through my eyes. Well, I think you think the way I think, you know, I, I you think, I think like we think, I think you think that I think that you Down think, that I, yeah. I what do you think? think if I was going to go to court, right? And so I think that's probably one of the, you know, mm -hmm. in the instance, you know, you're going to get your clock cleaned, right? By somebody that has more documentation than you. So, um, but it just provides. The bigger file wins, right, Andy? 
the the thickest file wins. Thicker, sir. sir. Thickest file. Not the so, how long would it take you to hand sketch uh, seventy five hundred square feet of of residence, like rooms? Seventy five hundred square feet. Forty five minutes. Shut Give up, or take. <laughs> I've seen you sketch. It doesn't take you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd take you all day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, it took us an hour and a half to sketch a twenty five hundred square foot house on Friday. Just to get the sketch. Right. Now, how long does it take to take that sketch and put it in your Xactimate? Record it, yeah, create all the, yep, yep, yep. Travel with me back in time to when the pandemic was first being announced. We were first on lockdown. It was supposed to be a short period of time, but we knew something was up and we were going to most likely never be the same normal that was normal before this is a clip from the diojo podcast episode number five it's really eerie yeah. but it's it's great to be here and i mean look i can't yeah. just yeah. you can't get enough of this if anyone was on the fence of oh maybe i should you know i don't know if i should go in this direction right now is not the time for for sitting and, and yeah. wringing your hands and trying to make a decision. Right. Make a decision. The road of life is paved with squirrels that couldn't make a decision. Huh. Okay? <laughs> so don't get run over. Make a decision and go yeah. with it. Yeah. Right. What's your, your, your hashtag is uh, thickest file wins, right? Thickest so. file wins, baby. Yep. Right. See, John, I've so, been telling you. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Last was it? What today is today? Friday? Saturday? Saturday. So it wasn't Thursday. Wasn't, wasn't yesterday? A week ago, yes, yesterday, I was at a really big house in Estacada, um, seventy-eight hundred square feet. Dang. I, it took me four hours to scan it, which took took some time. <clears throat> yeah. But then I put this much more time in creating that sketch. Yeah. 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 Now I paid so, six hundred dollars so, for it. Yeah, but money well spent in my mind. Yeah. How long would it have taken you to sketch it without Matterport? God, that would have well, taken me all day if I would have been able to get it done. It would have taken me all day to sketch, and then something like that, probably four hours. But you know, I've been doing this a long time. I move a whole lot faster than the average bear. Um. Yeah, you would have so, you would have you would have sketched it the same amount of time that it took you to do the Matterport. Exactly. No, 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 no. It would have taken me all day just to sketch. Oh, okay, it. gotcha. Uh, and then the same, yeah, the same. Okay, yeah, the same four hours I would have had to take that hand sketch and put in Xactimate. Mm -hmm. uh, I just spent four hours flat, and I was done. Did What's the turnaround time when you when you get the Matterport data sent for them to then send you the sketch back? Often it's a day. Um, most of the time is two days, but still, if you're running and gunning, you don't have time. You're, you're begging for a day a week to sit in front of your computer and, and bank oh, some of these things I, out. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. you know, if, if you want to fine tune your process, get really efficient and, you know, either you're really good at estimating and sketching or you're really good at sales. Let's yeah. pick whatever, what it, where's your highest ROI, focus on that and find somebody else to do this. That's what Matterport that, allows you to do. 
Well, see, it, we're, we're, we're good on the sales part right now. It's figuring out how we can then sketch and do all of the, the job walks quicker, more I've efficient. got clients, you know, there's four <clears throat> files a week. We write for them and they just, I get an email. Here's the, here's a link to the Matterport. Here's our, our scope. And it's a couple paragraphs of what they do, you know, what they propose to do. That's it. Those two things. And then they go on with their lives and we write it up for them. We, we spend the money. With the, with the Matterport, um, as far as the photos, uh, is that um, as that's, you know, if an adjuster is wanting to look through photos, they're just getting the Matterport link and then they can scan through or how are you, mm -hmm. can you zoom in and take, say you're trying to uh, justify like a mosaic inlay in a backsplash or something like that. Do you just take a screenshot of that and then import that into the Xactimate or you just refer to Matterport? No, you get super fancy. <laughs> you call, it's called a matter tag. Okay. And you put a tag, tag. in the F9. You, put it, you tag the, no, no, no. Well, later. Hold on. You're getting ahead of me here. Come on, so John. Now. Let him talk. Shh. Shit. Shut up, man. <laughs> so you go. Mute. You go, Mute. <laughs> Sir. You Sir. said I had two minutes. <laughs> you clown. <laughs> you clown. <laughs> so you go, go through the sketch online, the 3D rendering, and you go to that terracotta tile. And you place a tag there. Oh, sweet. Right? And then you create a link in Matterport. A URL code is generated. You copy that URL code. Go to your terracotta line item and Xactimate F9 note. There's a URL. And if they're reading mm. it from a PDF, click. Boom. They're looking at it. Dang. In real life. Pretty cool. I did that with a five-story loss. I did it in, um, in uh, where was it? New Orleans. And they had a shit ton of uh, air scrubbers. Uh, so, but I wanted to leave no doubt. So I tagged every single one of those mothers. And so, <laughs> so every floor, my line item for air scrubbers is, you know, you know 15 times this many days, blah, blah, blah. And then the F9 note below it, tag, 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 tag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Kill them, so kill them with documentation. Yep. Kill it. Yep. Bury them. Yep. Because after, they're not going to click every single one. Yeah. They're going to click maybe three and we go, okay, this, this, okay, this dude's tight. We're I get good. it. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Stop trying to make a yeah. goddamn point. <laughs> now there's like, a lot of air scrubbers. Okay. Three days. So it's so like, just copy and paste. Oh yeah. You Can just we get a weekly rate on pictures? those? Yeah. 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 We want the weekly rate. Well, I know but it was only there for six days. I don't care. I want the weekly rate. <laughs> I know you're getting ready. You got an early flight in the morning. So, yes, um, I wanted to ask, let me make sure I asked all my questions. I think I did. Um, any, anything new? So this is the, um, trying to help people shorten their dang learning curve pro versus Joe. We got the godfather of remote estimating Andy McCabe here. Um, any, anything that's kind of tickled your brain recently that, uh, you want to drop some wisdom on our thousands, thousands of viewers, of listeners. You can act like a man. What's the matter with you? That, um, God, what is happening? What, with all the fires, it's weird. And 2020 has just been messed up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, what I do know is that I have never been busier. Yeah. And, and my clients have never been busier. So even though there was a pandemic, the restoration industry yeah. came through. Yeah. Know, it, it's way, and it's more than just being, um, what, is it, what is it, necessary workers? What do you call it? Vital work? Essential. 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 And it's more than that. Um, there's just more need. Yeah. Um, so 
I guess if I was going to say something to, to all 10 of the listeners out there, it's nine. I, I would say, keep it, keep, <laughs> keep going. Um, this is the right industry. If you have the, if you, if you're right in here, the right heart for it. Yeah. Uh, things are going to be tough, but, but things are changing. We are, we are together as an industry now more than we ever have been. And there's more resources. Like, I mean, this is, there's, I get a call once a week from people that have looked at my, my YouTube channels. Oh man, thanks for all that content. Yeah. There was more content out here, out there now than there was when I started. Yep. yep. So use the resources, ask really good questions, but don't give up. Cause this is whether we want to admit it or not, there's some good money to be made in restoration if yep. you do it right. Yeah. Yep. That's true. Yep. How about you, Brian? Anything um, kind of uh, got your brain kind of worrying lately? that you want to drop on everybody? Well, Matterport, I think is something I, I mean, it's just, it's how can we improve our, our efficiency? Yeah. And I mean, on Tuesday we have six job walks. Okay. So mm. how do we make the most out of that? Okay. Well, we can sketch, but if we spend the same amount of time sketching versus doing a Matterport, yeah. <clears throat> what, how, you know, just how, how does that improve our efficiency? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, um, writing the narrative right as as we say yeah so yeah. nothing tells a story like a matterport yeah and and you can find somebody in your market there's there's matterport remember started in real estate yeah. so there's a ton of real estate photographers with these machines their scan is no better than my scan it's just a scan so find somebody in your market who's willing to work for dirt cheap and go get those scans done yeah. Freezing. So would you recommend those people being the, the initial contact with the homeowner okay. when they go out? No, 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 never, never co-opt your sales. You want to be the person, but, but you show up, shake the hand, kiss the baby, sign the paper, go. Your, your photographer stays behind to do the job. Well, I mean, that, that might be another way to sell the initial services, right? Like we are going to do a Matterport scan and provide a level of detail that no other contractor is going to provide to help you. Whether you use us or somebody else, that file will be yours. It costs $400 or whatever for you to have All-American provide this mm -hmm. Matterport scan yeah. with the relevant estimate. <clears throat> if you decide to use us, it counts against your, or it, yeah. it credits against your claim. I, I, that's what I wanted to say earlier was like, I still have people that are surprised. I've got a Bosch, you know, and I've got a much less technical one. Brian's got a really, this probably isn't in Bluetooth or anything. No, it's Brian, not. It's not. Ours has like a screen on it. You can see yeah. what you're scanning. Yeah. Oh. Brian uses the sexy stuff. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm in the stone ages comparatively, you know, so I'm stone ages. Brian's in like, I don't know the, uh, the age of metal and you know, you're in SpaceX or something like that. <laughs> well, I tried for the longest time to do, I had a Bluetooth Bosch. No, it wasn't a Bosch. It's a, or that, that Swedish company, whatever, uh, laser. And it was Bluetooth. And I tried to get exact mobile working. Yeah. I couldn't wrap my brain around it. I couldn't. It doesn't work. I, mean, I think just I'm too old. Super tech friendly. Yeah. I just think I'm too old. Yeah. 45. I, I, can't, I haven't done. been able to figure it out either. I, I don't know that it's just that because I, yeah. we recently onboarded Xactimate, the company I'm at, and I was having trouble loading it in Chrome, right? And mm -hmm. I call them and they're like, well, you can only run it in Explorer or now. Yeah. And I was like, we can't use it on our Macs, John. It's yeah. the same reason. Well, I guess there's a workaround, but you basically have to download Windows. <laughs> 
Yeah, I that, have to install I, Windows on my Mac. And you have to run two OSs. Oh, yeah, I, nah. I asked the person, I said, hey, are you going to send me a free AOL disk so I can run it back to me? I'll give you a thousand hours. What are you talking about? You've so. got Xactimate. <laughs> You've got Xactimate. <laughs> well, I've yes, just been. I've been really. Oh, here's the um, big plug. Here it is. I've just big really plug. been taking a lot. Look at that. To He's reading his own book. He's got his book wow. in there. Oh, this that quote, must be good. This quote. Can't on put it down. Can't put it down. Okay. It comes from Andrew McCabe, the godfather of remote. Oh. <laughs> Owner of Claims Delicate and Season Delicate Delegates. Yes, yes, I am. And seasoned Xactimate professional, the best estimator. Seasoned. Have spent a lot of time. Yeah, a, a real dry rub. He's I haven't smoked. showered forever. He smoked. I've spent a lot of time around other estimators. They have been exposed to many approaches and have the ability to adopt those things that benefit them the most. The worst estimators aren't estimators at all. They are data input. Their sheets mm. all look the same. They've decided that they have the same things they use on every job and don't customize the estimate to the job at, at hand. Over-reliance on macros are a telltale sign of a lazy estimator. Mm. Kaboom. Boom. Yeah, I love it. And the, um, the, uh, yeah, just not, it's crazy. It's the tool, right? Like you can shit on the tool all day long, but it's a tool. And so learning mm -hmm. how to use it, communicating the loss, the story of the lost thickest file wins. I mean, there's, it's surprising how many people don't use F9 notes, don't label their photos. You know what's funny, John, to that point? We yeah. had an adjuster last week tell us, I have never seen a contractor write an estimate with these types of things in it. But of yet course. he couldn't argue right. against any of them. Yeah. <laughs> None of them. None of it. It's like, oh, yes. I didn't know exactly what that Scared. what you're saying is... The foundational <laughs> document. Yeah. Yeah, and that, I mean, you know, that's... Uh, we talked about that when I was on your podcast. This is not, like, high-level... I'm not... I am not an Xactimate, like, pro or trying to be a guru at all. You know, it's just more the basic mindset and habits that'll help you evolve your career you know so. well and the book's not even about exactimate yeah. really yeah yeah it's about doing your freaking job better <laughs> yeah yeah so it's not a creative writing money? exercise get better thank get you better ice up son <laughs> 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 well thank you for being a part of it andy yeah and brother for yeah. coming back uh if Great anybody to see you guys. wants to dig in uh you were a guest on episode five you're in the uh the single hello um, that was a long time ago. And obviously, that was when you had like three viewers. <laughs> Two and a half. Yeah. There was that one guy on the fence, you know. Yeah. And if you need to hear more of Brian's silky smooth voice, he is uh, mm -hmm. the co-host of Pro vs. Joe, the podcast within the podcast. From the D.O.J.O. That's it. All right, man. Thanks, Andy. Have a safe Thanks, guys. And uh, we'll Thanks, talk man. to you. Yep. Appreciate it. All right. Well, one one thing you can say about the Jojo podcast, we've got the Joe Rogan stamina, but maybe he might still have us on the uh, subscribers, listeners, dedicated audience. I think we got dedicated audience, just maybe not the quantity. We're 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 we're.
we're, we're more about quality over here than quantity, so, you know, that's, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna keep, we're gonna keep on keeping on, we're gonna keep on keeping on, we're gonna keep moving forward, and, uh, see what, see, see what gonna happen, see what, see if we can make this huge, so, um, thank you for listening, I, there's, there's so much in there, uh, again, the idea, the Diojo podcast is the info podcast for the skilled trades we want to inform you while we entertain you we want to help you shorten your dang learning curve so we try to bring guests on that are intelligent have some piece of the pie the puzzle that can help you maybe and as we discuss in this episode as in others we're not trying to mask our mistakes but rather help people learn from them says because the majority of people that are out there making it happen it's not because they've never made mistakes they've uh you know they've just um been able to live through them right and so you know like the example we talk about um skateboarding you know it's just it's awesome to be a part of community where people will have some grace when as you're learning um, you know, and, and it is great. Uh, there was uh, uh, some call outs in some of like Restoration Rebels, NORP, those kinds of things. Um, and, and there's well-intentioned people. And sometimes you you think maybe somebody's kind of getting on you. But uh, uh, the other thing is you, you learn from it, right? You either learn from people's example of how to do it or how not to do it. And so that's a, that is a great thing. So Again, thank you for Andy to take the time. He was getting ready to jump on a plane uh, to go do some large loss work and uh, stayed up late with us on the West Coast. So, um, the Diojo podcast, thediojo.com forward slash listen. We've kind of consolidated everything. Um, uh, good friends of ours advise us to consolidate things. So, that's the plan we're working on. Trying it out, working it out, see what happens. So, thediojo.com forward slash listen um we have reached over a hundred subscribers on youtube that was our first goal so we got youtube.com forward slash the diojo boom you got it so check us out the diojo.com um if you want to reach out about uh any you can see our episode uh list you can get on the mailing list um you can see what we're involved with uh like i said the second book is coming out if you still haven't read or you know bulk ordered for your your training group or your estimators had another um high level uh figure reach out about getting some bulk orders um they want to get the book for their whole team so that's that's awesome um and eric and larry brought that up on the blue collar nation podcast that if they were back in action that would be required reading for their um, estimators. Randy um, Crawley, uh, he mentioned it should be right on the shelf next to the standards. That's high praise. Um, so just really, really appreciate uh, all the, the positive feedback and everybody's support. Again, our goal is to help you, help us help you. Subscribe, listen, share with your friends on the social medias. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought.